participant. All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Once again, it's time for Invest Wisely, our segment every Sunday morning with Walt Sakira, the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Pennsylvania. They invest their clients' money in individually owned stocks in custom-made portfolios for every client, including portfolios that only AKW Group can offer to their investors. If you have any questions this half hour about how they invest their clients' money, how you can invest your money with them, and how the stock market works, or questions about stocks, or anything else that's on your mind, 330-673-1234 is the number to call. Outside of Akron, call us toll-free on WNR.com at 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, another, again, not an inspiring week on, on, on the, on the, on the markets, uh, uh, kind of neither here nor there. Nobody seems to be too excited or interested in what's uh, going on right now. So it's kind of a, kind of a, uh, like, you know, kind of a down, up and down kind of deal. It really is, Bob. Um, you know, currently there's many issues, uh, overhanging the market. Uh, we have in- infrastructure um, talks going on in Washington, uh, definitely supply chain disruptions. We're seeing raw material shortages out there. Uh, inflationary talk is still, you know, kind of circling around. And, um, you know, last week, uh, issues around the debt ceiling. So we, we worked through some of that. We saw the S&P 500 index advance 0.8% for the week, you know, overcoming a pretty tough Monday session. Um, you look like, again, investors bought the dip a little bit during the week, and the S&P finished up 34 points for the week, 0.8%. A year to date, we're at 16.9%. Uh, the Dow Jones was up 1.2% for the week. It was up 104, uh, 419 points. And again, year-to-date, we're at 13.5%. The NASDAQ pushed forward just a little bit, um, 0.1%, about 12 points for the week. And year-to-date, we're at 13.1%. And the Russell 2000, those measure of small and mid-cap stocks, was off about 8 points for the week. It was down 0.4%. And again, also sits at about 13.1%. So, again, looking at those numbers, Bob, still, you know, historically a really good year. Uh, for the stock market, if we can hold these gains through the end of the year, anytime you advance, you know, when you're talking 13%, 16%, I mean, those are really positive gains. Now, last week, we did see eight of the 11 S&P 500 sectors close higher. Uh, energy really led the push last week up 5%, uh, as we saw oil prices, you know, push near $80 a barrel. Uh, we saw energy stocks, re- you know, really react very positively. We saw 
Financials up 2.3% for the week. So a lot of data to look at. Um, and again, overall, we're trying to work our way through the end of the year and uh, looking at a lot of earnings reports, putting our focus on uh, not just what's happening now, but what we expect to happen over the next year. You know, investing is always a forward-looking activity that we continue to work on in, in our own forward anticipation of things to come. Now, a lot of talk this week has been uh, around the, the debt ceiling. You hear that all the time. The debt ceiling, that debt, debt ceiling. If we don't do something about it, we're going to face disaster. If we do do something about it, we're going to face disaster. What, what really is the debt ceiling, and why is it important to investors? Well, the debt ceiling, Bob, is, is basically a congressional limit uh, that's placed on the amount of debt that the U.S. Treasury can borrow. Uh, and when that limit gets to be reached, uh, and it really forces Congress uh, to come together to pass really a new level of, of what the Treasury can, you know, continue to borrow to meet obligations to run the government. Again, we operate at some pretty big deficits. If you go out to the uh, the debt clock that sits out there on the internet, it's usdebtclock.org. It's pretty depressing. Uh, we're sitting at $28 trillion of, of debt, and it, it ticks away. If you, if you go to that website and look, you'll, uh, you know, the red just kind of spins, and it, it's a little bit out of control. So this is the, you know, the government's need to, you know, continue to make sure that we have the financing flexibility to do this. Now, you know, keep in mind, you go back to 1917, there wasn't a debt ceiling uh, since then, we put one in, and depending on you know whose numbers you really look at, uh, who's counting these things, what research, we, we've had over 90 uh, debt ceiling increases in the 20th century, uh, 74 from 1963 to 2011, uh, about 14 from 2001 to 2016, and again, uh, you know we we definitely see these increases uh, to be debated very heavily. Now, I'll, I'll just bring up, because this is kind of an interesting uh, newsletter that I subscribe to, uh, Joel Ross, who is a, uh, a Wall Street veteran, and he writes a, a newsletter called The Ross's Rant, which I really like. Um, he had a quote this last week that said, there will be no debt default. This is all ridiculous political theater. Wall Street is being foolish by paying any attention to this clown show. Uh, so sometimes Ross, I like his stuff because he puts it pretty straightforward. I think there is a lot of political theater here that's going on. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, Congress needs to do what they need to do to keep our, our country moving forward. Now, just to get real basic again about what the national debt is, these are the bonds, government bonds that, they, that the country issues that are bought by individuals, by corporations, even by foreign countries, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's basically the debt that we put in place to support all the activities again that the government you know is out there doing to to keep the country running. And uh, when you talk about even Social Security program, all these things that uh, you know require some type of debt uh, to to help move forward. It's the 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 bonds and the the debt that we issue in order to run these programs. And those are considered pretty good investments still. Well, yeah, government bonds, Bob, are, are always going to be considered, you know, very good investments from the standpoint of they're backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. Treasury. You know, the U.S. Treasury has the ability to continue to print money, and as long as this debt ceiling is, is raised, I mean, there's really the default risk seems pretty pretty low, uh, you know, as far as Wall Street's concerned and most investors feel. 
And of course, but the other side of it is, as you say, they can print more money to cover the debt, but that will lead to inflation and other economic problems that we don't really want to deal with it right this time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where the pressures come. You know, it's uh, somebody has to pay the debt at some point. We definitely see that, you know, the, the challenges that it puts into the system when you, especially with the amount of money supply that we've created out there, we definitely have a lot of inflationary pressures in the, in the market at the current time. Another issue that uh, coming out of Washington has been all year long been talking about about the, the big spending bills, the infrastructure bills. Everybody wants nice roads and good bridges and all that good stuff, but everybody wants someone else to pay for it. So this seems to be where we're standing right now. Uh, whether they're gonna, how, how they're going to pay for it, who's going to pay for it, and they keep fighting all over about, about this matter. So what is the stand, and again, how does an investor react to whatever happens to this infrastructure bill? I think investors have to react with some balance, um, Bob. As we said at the beginning of the year, you know, uh, politics are politics. But, you know, what comes out of Washington a lot of times, you, you hear the extreme positions. But, you know, as we've seen, you know, some of the moderate Democrats have definitely walked back the spending uh, that they're willing to, to take on. You know, I think there was estimates of $5.5 trillion, you know, $7 trillion of spending. And, now it looks like you know we're we're definitely you know moving those numbers much lower. I, I think whenever you get over a certain number of, of additional spending, whether it be for infrastructure, human infrastructure, other social programs, you got to figure out how to pay for it. And I think that's where most of Wall Street and investors, the uh, you know intelligent investors, are looking at is what does that mean as far as taxes? Um, you know, taxes definitely will take money out of the. the the private sector as well as individuals' pockets. And uh, when we can't spend as much, that will definitely imp- impact economic progress. So I think that's where the, you know, the kind of you, you tie the dots together. You look at this, these spending packages, and then you say, okay, if, if we get to different levels, how would they be paid for? And when you get to certain levels, you're definitely looking at higher taxes. And, of course, when you talk about these kinds of infrastructure improvements, you're also talking about about the jobs it'll take to make these things happen, jobs in construction, uh, jobs at building, whatever it is out there has to be built. Now, those are genuine jobs in the economy that are going to also have an impact if, if and when this bill passes. So there's so many aspects of this that, uh, again, the investor has to look at it, and even the government has to look at it to see where the most benefits can be uh, can be gleaned. Yeah, for sure. And and when you mentioned jobs, Bob, we see even from last Friday's report that there's a lot of reluctant workers out there. People are, you know, the, the private sector and government sector is finding a hard time finding workers. Um, you know, we have the most jobs uh, available ever, you know, in the system. So, I mean, we, we have definitely low inflation, low uh, unemployment rates right now and a lot of people not willing to go back to work. Um, there's roughly 11 million job openings around the country. That's a record high. And uh, we can't find people to fill them. So if you create more jobs, you know, the question is, who's going to take them? And again, that's the other issue that people are worrying about is the pandemic. Uh, been two years now almost that we've been aware of the pandemic, and we seem to be hopefully kind of getting out of it with a with a with the reopening continuing across the country. And again, uh, fingers crossed that things will will continue to get better. But from the investors' viewpoint, at this point, have they already assumed that that uh, we're over the pandemic, or are there still concerns that this could continue and uh, and rear up and uh, cause more problems? I think a lot of the numbers, Bob, are showing that the variant is coming somewhat under control. Cases are going down. And, again, I think the 
there's a lot of support for that reopening narrative but to continue into 2022. And so that, again, is good news for investors who could look at all these different issues and uh, and wonder, once you get to all these supply chain issues figured out, uh, we could see, a, quite frankly, could see a good boom coming in 2022. Well, that's the hope. And, you know, that's what we need to see in order to support probably the the stock prices that we have and, and you know, the economy with the, the higher expectations out there. We need to continue to see that progress. Talking with Walt Sakira, who is the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron. And again, we take any calls you have about stocks and the market at 330-673-1234. Uh, Strategis, a part of the Baird companies uh, that uh, work with the, you at the AKW Group, is a nationally and renowned, world-renowned expert uh, analyst uh, uh government policy and macroeconomic policy. What are some of the current research from Strategis that's coming out that you're looking at and, and find interesting? Bob, they do some interesting work there. I mean, Strategis is a great arm uh, for us. And, you know, we see they, they do one report that I really like that looks at the economic balance sheet. Uh, they move around these items. And on, on the positive side, they have the interest rate environment. Um, you know, they have the CapEx expenditures, you know, the fact that a lot of companies need to continue to invest. Um, the fact that there is a lot of employment coming online and business confidence continues to be there. Uh, the trade deficit they put in the neutral category along with the credit environment, um, consumer spending. They also moved housing into that neutral care category. And on the liability side, they have wage inflation, uh, price inflation, consumer confidence, which has started to dip a little bit, and, and also uh, government deficit. So it's interesting to look at this big picture research. So another report they put out is the uh, sector allocation, they currently really like discretionary, energy, financial, industrial, and materials. And on the underperformed side, they have communication staples and utilities. So, again, just a lot of data that comes in here and intellectual intelligence, Bob, that helps us do our job better. Well, let's switch over now to uh, Stock Talk with uh, Walt Sikara. It's part of the program where we give you a chance to call 330-673-1234 and talk to Walt and ask him questions about a particular stock that you may be interested in, that you like, that you are, are looking to either buy or, or to sell or to hold. Walt has 30 years of experience and more in this area, so he knows what he's talking about. There's a lot of information at his fingertips. So give us a call now, 330-673-1234, with your stock market questions. It's another earnings season now. As the quarter ended, and we're looking at companies who report their results for the quarter ending September 30th compared to the same period last year and even before the period before that. So who were the companies that reported last week? Uh, we saw PepsiCo report, Bob, and again, they put up a pretty good number, um, 8%, or 12% in revenue, 8% in earnings. Again, made some comments about supply chain disruptions and inflationary pressures for labor. Um, commodities and transportation also weighed on the results, but overall they, they showed a pretty good result. Their PepsiCo division up 7% for the quarter, uh, their Frito-Lay division up 5%, and, and the Quaker Foods was the only one that kind of was flat at about 1% in growth. So uh, overall, you know, pretty good report and, um, you know, a company that shows some promises we look forward Levi Strauss, the jeans folks, also reported last week. Now, this is a stock that, that you don't own, and neither do you own PepsiCo, but uh, when the report came out, do you have any comments on Levi Strauss? We do, Bob. We continue to see, you know, coming out of the pandemic, this uh, denim uh, kind of fashion. Uh, more and more people are, are wearing denim and comfortable in denim. 
Uh, you know, again, in the business world, that was kind of you know frowned on for a long, long time. But we see a lot more business people in denim as well. So, and the numbers showed it. You know, Levi Strauss uh, up 41% in sales for the quarter, up at 500% in earnings. And again, um, really positive outlooks from Levi Strauss as they look forward uh, about uh, you know the, the the numbers they see going forward. Again, they they're concerned about global supply chains as well and bottlenecks, but. A lot of positive comments about the long-term nature of, of denim, and, and Levi Strauss is a, is a potential investment. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure of the AKW Group in our, our Stock Talk segment. You're on WNIR. Good morning. Uh, yes, I was calling about the stock square. I was wondering, is the numbers good for that this year? And would you consider that a buy, a sell, or a hold? You know, square is one that, you know, on the uh, electronic payment side, uh, has had a lot of financial power. Again, last couple quarters have just been super powerful. Uh, we we continue to like uh, Square. You know, looking forward into into the, you know, you look three and five years out. Again, price. Uh, you know, they they moved up quite high in price. So again, maybe at fair valuation here. But I think when you look out over the long term, uh, Square looks pretty good. Last quarter was up 143 percent in revenue, 267 in earnings. Um, you know, very powerful financial company and seems to be at the right place as, as far as the fintech, financial technology goes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for calling. 673-1234, talking to Walt Secura of the AKW Group. You're on the air. Go ahead. Morning. Uh, I'm going to have to eat more Quaker Oats to get that uh, PepsiCo up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a flat there for the quarter, Ken. Yeah, we better get going. Well, winter's coming. We get into that. We really get heavy into this uh, porridge and uh, <laughs> and porridge <laughs> and that uh, cream of wheat. But anyway, uh, that's another company, B and G Foods. You might look up sometime. B symbol B G S. They that's a uh, orphan brands uh, company that uh, was founded in 1889. That's uh, that pays six point five percent and seventeen PE. But my question today was uh, something that's out of my realm, but I everybody's starting to get my interest in this uh, one called Ripple, not the wine from the 70s, but this is Ripple, symbol XRP. It's that uh, Bitcoin uh, business. They're going to start regulating it maybe, and uh, uh, it seems like there could be something to it, but uh, I wouldn't uh, go all in or anything, but I think maybe dabbling around just around the edges with just a, a entertainment type uh, <clears throat> investment do you, when you punch XRP do you see anything come up on Ripple uh, not on not on the stock side can i mean is this, is crypto i mean is this what we're yeah, talking about right, yeah. yeah yeah so so these yeah these trade a little bit differently and again we've um we've stayed away from this i you know we're we're waiting for more um you know to kind of play out before we even venture into this realm. I know a lot of people are um like you said if if you have the capital and you know you're looking for diversification and uh, you know maybe a little bit of excitement in the portfolio but uh, for, from our end we we've stayed away from these cryptos uh you know at this stage of the game. Yeah, what do you feel about uh, AT&T, symbol T? Their dividend got up to 7.8. It's kind of a warning sign. Do you hear anything about uh, dividend security? With And Verizon, too, is uh, uh, 
4.8, and when they get up like that, it's kind of a, a red flag. Is there, is there something going on? Uh, well, AT&T is going to divest out the, the Time Warner assets in 2022. That'll definitely change uh, the capital structure of the company. It'll probably impact the dividend as well. So um, I, I keep an eye on that. They, you know, they had bought that those assets, and now they're going to divest them out, so there'll be a spinoff of some shares. I, I think that's scheduled to happen sometime in 2022. Okay. I'll keep an eye on that. Thank you. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. Stock Talk with Walt Secure of the AKW Group, 330-673-1234, and on WNR.com from anywhere, 800-669-4100. Another company, big food company, reported last week, Conagra. Canagra band brands are, they have Duncan Hines, Vlasic, Orville, Redenbacher, Wishbone Dressing, Ready Whip, Chef Boyardee, and just a whole raster of, of uh, packaged food products that we've been enjoying for generations. They reported earnings last week. You don't hold Conagra, but uh, what do you see in their report? Uh, we, saw, we see a little bit of weakness there, um, Bob. You know, and I, I think when you look at sales off 1%, earnings were down 29 Again, this has a lot to do with, um, you know, struggles with, with uh, materials and supply chains and, and these issues. Um, you know, overall, it was a quarter that we, we knew was going to be a struggle for some of these companies. And uh, so, so there's, there's some strength out there, and there's going to be some weakness this quarter. And, and I think we're seeing it from, from different companies that are reporting already here very, very early on. So it'll be an interesting earnings season as we continue to pay attention. Some other stocks in the news, not with their reports, but with the with the what's going on with the with the industry. Um, Ford and uh, Fiat Chrysler Peugeot, now known as Stellantis, uh, also reported double-digit sales declines in the U.S. for the third quarter. Uh, once again, blaming that on the impacts of semiconductor shortages and other supply chain bottlenecks. When is this going to get better? Well, let's hope soon. Uh, Ford was, uh, they said sales plunged 27%. Stellantis was down 19%. Again, you know, chip shortages, as you said, and, and other supply chain bottlenecks. So, so this is the, the stress we're seeing in the system, Bob. And, I, and again, it's important to think ahead. I, I think there is some positives as we go into 2022, and hopefully uh, some of these companies will start to show, you know, turning the corner. Now, General Motors, which you do own in your Empowering Women strategy portfolio, they uh, came out with setting some pretty interesting and ambitious sales targets and revenue targets for the future based on their commitment to, to electric vehicles and, and more. So are they pie in the sky, or do you think those can be reached? Yeah, they're, they're working hard. Mary Barra over there, who is the CEO of the company, has very ambitious goals, and she's leading the company very well. And they look to double their annual revenue to $280 billion by 2030. So they're, they're going directly at Tesla. They've made comments that they're going to overtake Tesla in, in electric cars. And uh, they have the Chevy Silverado that will de- de- debut in January and uh, all other things on the autonomous uh, car side with their Alta Cruise. So very aggressive. We, you know, this is what we see. You know, Bob, I think when co- people get all excited about a company like Tesla, they have to realize these companies like GM and Ford and Stellantis, they're not going to sit around on their hands. Uh, they're going to react. And, uh, you know, business is a competitive world. And, and you know, companies are going to come after you, especially if you have something that's profitable and is catching, you know, consumers' attentions and imagination. So I think GM is doing what they, they need to do to prove they, they want to be a player in this market going forward. And, uh, very aggressive activities and very aggressive sales goals. 
With all this activity and all this emphasis on electric cars, uh, we think maybe somebody should buy stock in extension cord companies. You'll need to have a lot of uh, extension cords to drive across country in an electric car. Oh, there you go. I think a lot of those come with us charging stations, and a lot of people are paying attention to that market as well. Now, another company that made news last week, Facebook, which is one of your holdings, they had a, a lot of testimony in Capitol Hill. A former employee turned whistleblower uh, got on there and uh, complained that Facebook was uh, damaging to, to young girls, and, and this just was all kinds of all kinds of controversy about, about Facebook and its Instagram and its other related uh, social media platforms. Now, uh, you might have heard the testimony, but uh, did that make you want to sell your Facebook shares? Uh, it didn't want to make me sell, but it, it does you know, bring light to one of the issues we talk about, and that's government regulations that might be coming for Facebook down the road, as well as some of these other social media companies. Um, but these issues go back a long, long time. You know, I, I remember back when I started in college, you know, back in the 80s, that uh, there was a professor, Gene Kilborn, who did studies on advertising and the effects on women and body types and how it affected young girls. And, you know, these, these issues have been around forever. I mean, I don't think anything came out of that testimony we didn't know, maybe things we don't want to admit. Um, but, you know, Facebook and social media has the good effects and it has damaging effects, just like anything else in society. So a lot of overreaction, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they're trying to discredit this employee. They said she wasn't a C-level sweet employee, wasn't really involved in a lot of the high-level things that, you know, really kind of say what the company's all about. We'll see what happens at the end of the day. Again, probably a lot of political theater that comes out of this. Um, you know, marching Mark Zuckerberg back down to Washington and having him sit and televising that, you know, those kinds of uh, things where they ask questions and they don't really give, you know, very detailed answers. We're going to see that over and over and over again with these uh, tech companies. But Section 230 and whether we open these companies up for liability, that's going to be the, the end game of this over the next few years. And we'll see where that goes. Of course, all these social platforms really are just a mirror of society. And unfortunately, when we see our society reflected in this mirror, we don't like what we see. That's right. And it's not just there, Bob. It's everywhere. I mean, you can see it in, in a lot of, you know, games the kids play, TVs. I mean, it's a commentary out there. But again, uh, Facebook, is it's, it's become more popular when you got 6 billion people on the platform. It's, it's something that's going to get a lot of attention. Um, and whenever you have somebody step forward with this kind of information, it, it needs to be looked at. Now, of course, the Bayer, the company, and the AKW Group, they've been putting on these wonderful retirement classes that have started at the Kent State Hotel and Conference Center. Uh, they've already begun. There are still some available for you, but uh, tell us, Walt, how the classes have been going. They've been going really good, Bob. We're closing out this Tuesday. The retirement planning today classes here in our area, we'll, we'll again do them next year. We have the Rejuvenate Your Retirement coming up. Um, Two Saturdays in October, November, October 30th, November 6th, from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And a Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday, uh, November 6th and November 9th, from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, this will be for people that are already in retirement, that want to you know, get a hard look at what they're doing and make sure they're doing the right things. Um, uh, so these classes have been good, and we're excited to continue to offer them. And in your Washington office, Washington, Pennsylvania, we should say, they're offering a, a seminar on October 26th called Investing Beyond the Noise. Now, what is that going to be about? Well, Bob, this is a new thing we're doing. It'll be a night out, a conversation, Q&A, um, a lot of what we do here on the radio in a much more detailed format, face-to-face. -face. And 
uh, you know, kind of looking at what happened over the past year and what's going to happen as we go forward. So we're excited about that. Uh, we're going to be offering one in the local market in the WNIR uh, listening area as well. Um, and, again, it's a night that anybody can come to. You don't have to be a client. Be somebody just has this interest and wants to come and learn. And, of course, those retirement classes, Rejuvenate Your Retirement, in late October, early November, still available for you to attend. Call Abby or Allison at the AKW Group in Akron at 234-466-7476. That's 234-466-7476. For the AKW Group, Walt Secure and his team here in Greater Akron. Once again, tell them, too, that you heard him on WNIR Kit Akron. So really quick, Walt, what about next week? Is it going to be any better? Uh, more earnings reports, more economic data, and let's hope it's better, but we'll hope it keeps moving up. Once again, Walt Secure and the AKW Group, call them at 234-466-7476 here on the Talk of Akron, WNIR, by Mr. Sunday, Bob Lewis. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. AT&T, Inc., symbol T. B&G Foods, Inc., symbol BGS. ConAgra Foods, Inc., symbol CAG. Facebook, Inc., symbol FB. Ford Motor Company, symbol F. General Motors, symbol GM. Levi Strauss & Company, symbol LEVI. PepsiCo, Inc., symbol PEP. Stellantis NV, symbol STLA. Square, Inc., symbol SQ. Tesla, Inc., symbol TSLA. Verizon Communications, Inc., symbol BZ. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from AT&T Inc. symbol T in the past 12 months.